0: Iowa continues to lock down the in-state recruiting battle in 2023. On Monday, defensive lineman David Culker committed to the University of Iowa after earning an offer on Sunday. Sean, a little bit surprising he hopped on the offer right away. I think that you and I both would have submitted a crystal ball in favor of Iowa You know when he landed the offer. But certainly, I think a very good addition to this Iowa 2023 class, David Eichholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of SwarmCast, part 24-7 Sports Network, giving our instant reaction to David Culker's commitment to the University of Iowa and doing a little bit more of a preview for a big, big June uh, for Iowa recruiting. Bashawn, David Culker, again, a little bit of a surprise, but again, once he got the offer, I think you and I will submitted a crystal ball. Good, good addition to why I think it's a very strong start to the 2023 recruiting class for Iowa.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a little bit of a uh, surprise. Um, you know, I think Iowa really wanted to offer. They laid out a plan that, you know, hey, I know there's a lot of other schools coming in to offer, you know, Iowa State, Missouri, um, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota all offered them. And Iowa could have easily had a gut reaction, been like, okay, like now, we, now we're now we going to offer you because all their schools are offering you. And I know, you know, when they don't do that, that may rub some kids the wrong way. But I think with David, i um, talking to people yesterday and people, you know, I've known David for quite some time now, and, you know, he's not the type of kid to really get caught up in that. And he he really appreciated Iowa's approach and how they recruited him and being like, okay, you've seen me twice, but, you know, you really got to see me in it. They really want to see me in a camp setting and seeing what I can bring and, you know, what what I could add to this defensive line. And, you know, really, if I can move the needle with what Iowa wants on that defensive front. And, you know, he performed well. I think the big key going in, going into that camp was being physical. Iowa put him up against some of the best offensive linemen that they had at that camp. And he performed really well, was really physical, you know, really didn't think much on, you know, on the defensive line. He kind of yeah, just man. did. And, you know, that was one of the key things for him was not getting too much in his head. And, you know, he performed really well. And, actually a really funny story about kind of things went down you know iowa was talking to him after the camp you know saying like hey you did a good job um and as they were leaving calvin bell you know talked to them and said or kind of just called their name and they were like hey you coming here or not and he's like i got an offer and he's like well i mean basically and you know they they went into neiman's office kirk parents came in and said hey um, you know, we want to offer you kind of, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing it right now, but you know, there were other conversations that went down and, you know, there were tears in Calker's eye after, um, the decision was made. And, you know, once he got the offer, kind of everything hit him and, you know, he ended up committing. So, you know, it was a really cool story of how everything happened. Um, you know, it's kind of cool to see Iowa getting some of these, the more North guys, because historically they've been one of the worst programs and uh, you know, Iowa high school football for the last couple of years. And they've turned yeah. out two big 10 football players in the last three years. And Devin Hilson, who's at Iowa now, and then Kalker as well. So it's really awesome to see that type of program being on the rise and producing those guys. And, you know, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, Des Moines public school alums that are really, really excited about this one. And, you know, I think Kalker is one of those guys too, that, you know, it's kind of no nonsense type type of player that you bring in and, You know, obviously, he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a ceiling to work with. I think he's 256 pounds. He's 6'4", has a 6'11 wingspan. I remember Des Moines North head coach Eric Addy texted me a picture of Calker back in January. And he was like, hey, man, like, I got this guy that I think is going to be really good. You know, if he figures it out, you know, with certain things, like, I think he's got a chance to be really special. And I saw that picture and I was like, whoa, (laughs) like he is, he is, he is. He passes the eye test, and I've seen him in person. I met him in person twice, and, you know, he looks the part. He's got a pretty thick frame on him, but one that, you know, could easily get up to 280, 300 pounds and, you know, not lose a step. You know, like I mentioned with that wingspan, he's going to help him out a lot. I think, you know, he could be a guy that can really take over on the edge or even on the interior. Like I said before, Iowa recruits two strengths of the defensive line, and they could see him pinning in both spots. And, you know, I talked to a couple people as well that think, you know, there's potential for him to be an all pro NFL tackle offensive tackle, yeah. um, you know, maybe not all pro, but an NFL offensive tackle because of his upside and what he could, what he could potentially accomplish with that frame that he has in the athleticism. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of tools to still work with. I think you look at his junior film and, you know, he's still really raw from a technique standpoint, but those are the types of measurables and intangibles that you can't really teach. And, you know, he's the type of kid too, that's going to work for it. And, you know, you know, really do what it takes to accomplish yeah. what what he wants to do, and you know, it's it's a really good take for Iowa. I think there's a lot of boxes that are checked here, and you know, these this is one of those cycles too where I think you can afford to take, you know, uh, maybe a more of a more of a project type guy, and you know, I, I hate using the word project, but you know, I think really more he's more of a high ceiling guy than he's a project guy. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and and I think I think people often get misconstrued when we talk about projects. I mean, it's not meant to be an insult whatsoever. It's actually more so like we believe that there's a high ceiling, but you need the right, you need the right uh, mentorship. You need the right coaching to be able to achieve that level. I mean, it's nothing like, Hey, we think you're a bad player. You're obviously not a bad player getting a scholarship to a big 10 university. Right. So I think with, with Colker too, like you said, when we talk about Kelvin Bell and Jay Neiman, at least Kelvin Bell hates it when we use the term edge rusher, interior guy. He said they are defensive linemen. And we've seen countless times of John Wagner being thrown in the middle, John Wagner being, you know, the outside. Davion Nixon, there were sets when he was at Iowa. They, they put him on the outside. They put Epinesa in the middle, right? So th- that's just the way Iowa utilized their defensive linemen. And when you talk about taking a project, Again, it's not meant to be an insult, but you look at Iowa's depth at defensive line right now, I mean, you are feeling really good about the caliber of players that they've been bringing in. A number one, number two, I mean, I the only guy Iowa loses from last year really is Zach Van Valkenburg. I mean, there's a lot of depth at every position right now, but now it's just about getting the in-game reps to continue developing. So I think that's an interesting point. But like you said, Culker, I really do like this take. The more I analyze this film, yeah, like you said, a little bit raw, but that wingspan and that, just the physical frame, it's a big, big deal. I talked to 24/7 Sports Midwest analyst Alan True after Colker committed, Just said, "Hey, you know what's your take on this?" Like Alan and I hadn't connected on you know Colker, and he said, "Look, uh, I really like this take for Iowa. It's a high ceiling guy." But Sean, this is this is the phrase from Alan that I took, and that's you know there's certain phrases you hear when you hear scouts and analysts talk about your eyebrows get raised. He said, "Deep." Uh, I'm not surprised he has gotten this offer on ES recently because defensive linemen with his skill set are tough to find. And from a guy that analyzes hundreds, if not thousands of prospects that he has over his career, that's a pretty, pretty high, high praise, in my opinion. Obviously, people will be like, you know, if you believe in him that much, why isn't he a four star yada 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 patience. I think you take his word of mouth. I think you believe in his ability. And again, I really like this take. I think there's a lot of versatility. And Sean, it's very weird to say he's almost a small 256 pounds. And I think that's where you, like you said, if you look at him on the interior, that's where your eyebrows certainly get raised. And you're like, okay, he could be a strip sack guy. He could be a guy that absorbs double and triple teams because we've seen countless times, Sean, defensive tackles in Iowa. They will not get the gaudy stats. But they're the reason why those edge rushers are doing some good things. They are absorbing two or three guys at one time, and it really opens the door for linebacker blitzes, maybe a Raider package, and do some different things. And I think when you look at Culker, you can definitely see him fitting on the edge if you can put a little bit more strength on that frame, get him up to 280, or if you want to beef him up to 305, which I think his frame, again, with a 611 wingspan, you could probably get away with and he wouldn't be too heavy. Throw him on the interior. So, again, I love this tape for Iowa.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've, I know a lot of people have gotten caught up in the rankings and stuff. And, you know, I think those, those hold a lot of weight because I do believe that stars really do matter. And, yep. you know, there's a certain point where rankings do matter. But I also got to think with, with what Iowa wants on the defensive line and with some of the position that they're in with a few of these guys in this 2023 class and the guys that they already have committed, you know, you should be excited when Iowa wants to willingly take a guy like Culker. Because you know with Iowa's track record of producing defensive linemen, you know how they've done in the past with guys like this, with you know the Chauncey Goldstins, Um, Seeing a lot of people on the message boards comparing them to Broderick Bins. Um, yeah. You know, there's plenty other really high upside guys that you know have had certain things that they need to work on in high school in the past. You know that eye test and look the part physically, and you know they've done really well at Iowa. And I think when you're building on this 2022 class, too, of defensive linemen, I you know, the Iowa staff is really, obviously, really high on Aaron Graves and what he can bring in due time. You know, Caden Crawford enrolled early. They really like yeah. him as well. Brian Allen is piecing things together. Um, then you look at the 2021 class, too. There are a number of guys. And 2020 is still, if you think about it, 2020 still has three years or so left to win them. And that's a class of Lucas Van Ness. I know Logan Jones is on the offensive line now. Um, you know, Deontay Craig, you know, there's probably a few others that I'm missing there as well. Those are those are two guys that really come to mind right now, but you know, there's still a lot of time for this group to really come together. And you know, it's it's good to see them stacking up on classes too. Defensive line recruiting, I put something on the message board a couple of weeks ago being like, if you're if you are you know a fan, what is one position group if you're Iowa that you feel most comfortable with when it comes to recruiting? And I think the ones that I put on were I know tight end, defensive back, and I think offensive line too is the three that I put on there. Yeah. And you know my wild card pick. After a while, I've seen a lot of people you know respond to that as you know defensive line should be up there as well because that's one spot that it seems that Iowa has hit on you know more than not in the past couple of cycles and has really been successful with. I know there's some guys that are you know, still piecing things together here and there. But I think when you talk about, you know, finding some of these guys and, you know, getting some of these guys in the boat, that defensive line is really a class with Kelvin Bell or position group that should receive a lot more credit for what it's done in yeah. the past and how successful it's been in the past couple of cycles.
0: No, and I think you're, you're exactly right. Um, Again, I think Culker is a good commitment. I think Iowa itself has a big opportunity. And again, I know people have always harped on, You know how close to Kirk Ferentz retirement, yada, yada yada. I think those questions are going to be subsided for at least one or two more years. But I've I've said this repeatedly, Sean. I don't think Kirk's getting enough credit for this. As far as you know, people who don't pay attention in the recruiting world, Kirk Ferentz is recruiting better than he ever has on a consistent basis in his career than right now, and that's continuing in twenty twenty three. Uh, given the start in twenty twenty four. I certainly think that that's going to continue into 2024. I think what Iowa has four of the top five prospects in Iowa lockdown right now, already in 2024, and those are some highly rated kids. You know, Cody Fox, I think he has a has a very high ceiling. I think some of the athletes Iowa has in 2024, they did a great job. I mean, they land Xavier Wampa. They're, I don't want to say in the driver's seat for Cain Proctor, but they're among the top two for Kane Proctor. I mean, Caden Proctor obviously loves Iowa. I mean, Kirk and them are doing some really good work uh, especially in state, and he's recruiting at a higher level. But you know, switching over to 2023 quickly, Sean. Before we wrap up this, since you know, this this reaction podcast, big big month for Iowa. I don't think the uh, the June official visit weekend is as star studded as it has been in the past couple of years. But you're bringing in a lot of commitments. You're bringing in a lot of top targets. And you know, I think at this point too, Sean, Iowa's not really panicking with where they're at in 2023. They've locked down a lot of their top targets. Obviously, they got. Marco Linez, the quarterback lockdown, they have defensive line. They've already done a great job in, you know, I think there's certainly going to be some top targets on campus, but give us a brief rundown just of some names to keep an eye on as, as June really, you know, the June official visit weekend rapidly approaches us.
1: Yeah. There's obviously five names coming on campus this weekend that are, that are pretty important Two of the top running backs on the target, Nolan Ray, who else from Michigan. Um, then Kendrick Grayfield who's from Florida. You know, Iowa's battling Stanford for Ray, and then <clears throat> NC State is the top competitor right now for Rayfield, um, which I think, you know, the Wolfpack have done a really good job there and are probably the favorites going into the Iowa visit. But, you know, Iowa's going to get a chance. I wish they would have – or you know, I think the staff would have wished they got in on campus for an unofficial visit in, in, you know, the spring, but it didn't work out that way. So they're kind of, you know, going into this one with, with you know – no visits and you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that one. But um yeah, and then they have three defensive players coming on campus too, K McIntyre from Fremont, Archbishop Bergen there in Nebraska, you know, Iowa's battling Oklahoma, Tennessee, Iowa or Nebraska, Kansas State, Minnesota there. Um, Will Hell from Carmel, Indiana, three-star defensive end, Iowa's battling Purdue, and then potentially Northwestern there, and then Maverick Newton, another Nebraska guy, Nebraska Legacy, um, which those guys are always tough to to uh, land, but, you know, I was right in it with Stanford and Nebraska. So those are the main guys coming on campus that weekend or, you know, this upcoming weekend. Be interested to see if anything happens there. I'm not expecting any commitments, but, you know, I think you never really know with some of those defensive line guys. I would say that one name I would maybe keep an eye out for, maybe two of them. I'll give you two names to keep an eye out for in that one. I would say Helt, especially with the defensive line kind of, you know, getting the numbers getting a little more tight. Um, and then at running back, you know, I think you could go either with Nolan Ray or Kendra Grayfield is one that Iowa can really make a big impression on, you know, because Liddell Betts is a really good track record of Purdue or, you know, with his, with his NFL background. And, you know, I think what he did in the 2022 class as well, I think that speaks volumes to what, you know, his impact could be in, on the coaching staff for Iowa when it comes to recruiting running back positions. Um, so those are kind of the, that's kind of a brief preview of this upcoming weekend. Then they have Zachary Toby, a three-star defensive back from Florida, coming in in a few weeks. And you talk about that that June 24th to 26th official visit weekend. That, yeah. is, a, that is a major weekend. And I think two positions that – or maybe three position groups that you really have to watch in that weekend is tight end, offensive line, and then defensive back. I think you look at the tight end group, that's a really impressive you know, trio. You got coming in Jackson Carver, Zach Orworth, and you know, George Burns as well. I think Iowa's in a great spot, at least top two, top three for all three of those guys. And I think the plan right now is to take at least two tight ends. There's a chance where Iowa could be flexible and maybe take three, but I think two is the most likely number right now. I know Iowa and Miami are the top two for Carver. Um, you know, Or was got Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh along with Iowa. And then Burns got a top three of Iowa State, Purdue or Iowa, and you can kind of make an argument for all three of those schools yeah. right now. So this would be a really good tight end class to add on to, you know, the 2022 class, which I think a lot of people are sleeping on. Then you have the offensive line group as well. Obviously Caden Proctor won't be coming up for an official visit that weekend, um, but I expect him to come up for an unofficial, either later in the summer, or a couple in the fall, that acts like official visits. Um, you got Chris Terrick am putting on commit watch that weekend. Um, you got Trevor Lau, who I think is really a guy that Iowa can land that weekend as well. And then you kind of got three wild cards there and, uh, you know, maybe Joe Odding, who I think Iowa is not trending up for right now. I think Notre Dame is probably going to land him, um, assuming Notre Dame lands. And then the two other uncommitted guys coming on are Logan Holland and uh, Trevor Burr. Um, Trevor Burr is down to Iowa and Iowa State. I thought, you know, Missouri was going to offer there. But, you know, it sounds like it's going to come down to the Seahawks there. Um, then Logan Holland as well. You know, teammates with Marco Linas, you know, Iowa is in a great spot with him and, you know, Miami, Michigan, and Oklahoma are also in the mix there. But, you know, Iowa's left a really big impression. And, you know, they offered before those guys. It's kind of, you know, important to note that. I know Miami offered first or before those guys. But Iowa, I think, and Michigan Oklahoma are the ones with the the most buzz right now. So, right. you know, those are the offensive positions. Like I said, defensive line, keep an eye on those too. They got Kendrick Gilbert, Kenneth Merriweather, and Jordan Allen coming in there on the defensive line. Um, numbers can maybe get a little – tight there and then defensive back you know they have the two commits right now um Khalil T- or not you know John Nestor and Zach Lutmer are the two commits now and then they have Khalil Tate Jameson batton Bo Masco coming in um three guys that can kind of play all over the field and then don't forget about Toby and um the later in the earlier cycle and then there's also some positive buzz for uh the Louisville twin duo of Cameron and Caden Jenkins. Those two have really picked up more offers in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, assuming Iowa wants those two guys, then, you know, those those are one, two guys that I would really keep a close eye on because I think they could be, you know, potential next crystal balls for us because, you know, they really liked Iowa and, you know, it's, it's difficult with the numbers game, but if Iowa really wants them and Phil Parker really wants them, then, you know, keep an eye on those guys too. So, It'll be – it'll be an uh, interesting next couple of weeks. You know, obviously it'll help with some of the commits being on campus as well. Um, Iowa had a couple of guys committed last year in this time, and I think that helped on the official visit. But I think there's a lot more momentum and a lot more confidence going into, you know, this month as opposed to last year. Yeah, I Because, agree you them. know, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz mentioned as well, it's like the importance of getting guys on campus early in the process – you know, having those junior days, having those, you know, solo visits that they didn't have last year, you know, leading up to the official visits only in June when everyone's schedule was just absolutely crazy. And now it's kind of, you know, more more consistent with everything and more, you know, coming together and just makes more sense and just a lot more less hectic now than it was before um, last year. So, you yeah, know, I, I really think Iowa can, um, you know, maybe get a, a committer or two this upcoming weekend. I think I would be more safely on the one side than two. But then you look at that June 24th to 26th weekend and there's potential for I think three or four, maybe in the coming days after that official visit. And then, you know, you'll leave spots for a couple other guys that are dragging decisions out. Um, You know, there's always the late flyers that I will end up landing.
0: So, yeah, you are know, a star set of around. powers that you can't rush their decision. Like, you never say no to a Caden Proctor or even an Amari Snowden, in my opinion. If they want to come, yeah. you can make room for them, 1000%.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of time for that. And, you know, that, that stuff can really play out. I mean, obviously, look at the Zader Wampa recruitment.
0: Yep. Obviously,
1: you know, things started to pick up in June between Iowa and before that. Like, it really didn't look like there'd be much. But, you know, Wonka took an unofficial visit, and that's where things really start to pick up. And, you know, I think with these guys now, especially with Proctor and Snowden, I think Snowden's the guy that can make a decision earlier than Proctor will. But, you know, Iowa obviously has had all the buzz for Proctor leading up to that Oregon visit. And Oregon really opened his eyes to a number of things, um, whether that be NIL or, you know, seeing other schools, seeing that there's more beyond Iowa and just the fact that he likes being recruited too. He's a pretty personable kid and likes to, you know, make a ton of relationships. Mike's likes to make a ton, you know, like he likes, he likes being one of the top, you know, recruits in this country. And I don't yeah. blame him for a second. He, yep. he wants, he knows he can take his time. And I think he's starting to realize that, that he can take his time with some of those visits. Obviously, you know, it's a little disappointing that Iowa didn't get an official visit from Proctor, but I think you have to look at, you know,
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: There's still time in that recruitment, a lot of time until December. Iowa has been the most consistent, the most stable in that recruitment. And, you know, having a guy like Xavier Wampa, who, you know, obviously you talk about having teammates on the roster, but I think that one holds a little more weight than maybe, you know, some of the other ones in the past. No question. So, you know, you got to... You got to kind of be patient with that one. I know it's a disappointment that Iowa didn't get an official visit from Proctor, but, you know, like I said before, I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe a Wampa situation where, you know, he ends up taking an unofficial to Iowa multiple times during the fall and it acts like an official visit. Yeah.
0: And you, and you know, know, maybe, you, there's know, a- he, you know, we talked to Xavier Wampa about the decision not to take an official yeah. to Iowa. Like I, like you said, I get, you know, people might be freaking out about it, but the way I've always phrased it, and I know I think you have too, is pump the brakes. Iowa's, again, I want to use the term driver's seat because for Iowa to be in the driver's seat for a top 10 recruit in the country, number one offensive tackle, you don't want to put out that bold of a statement, but I think you saying Iowa's been the most consistent in the process, I think that's completely fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot to play out, you know, there's a lot of time from now until December, and, you know, I think in early July last year, people were freaking the heck out about that 2022 class, and things, things ended up different. So, you know, a lot of time, a lot of time and that, but I think you feel good about the momentum that they have going into this, going into this month too.
0: And I think you could argue to kind of wrap up this, Sean, I think you could argue that Iowa's takes later in the process of last year were better than their top targets on their board in June and July, at least from my evaluating standpoint, that's what I would say. Cause I think you look at again, Cohen entering I think could be the steal of Iowa's class. I am very, very high on him. I think some of the other defensive backs they got are very good, and again, you look at some of the guys they got later in the process. Uh, you feel pretty good about getting Caleb Johnson. I think is a huge deal because the way he fits in Iowa system. And remember, he wasn't he committed earlier in the process, but kind of came back around. Iowa kept recruiting him, did a good job. So I think it's very easy, and I don't blame people for overreacting because it's hard to trust the process. I think when you're you know just from a fan perspective. But, again, when you look at the later takes in Iowa's class from last year, I think they're better than the the top targets on their board in the summer.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you for a second on that.
0: So, Sean, I appreciate all your insight. I know a lot of people do, too. Uh, we have a lot more coming to HawkeyeInsider.com. It's going to be a loaded month of content, especially on the recruiting end. So be sure to go to HawkeyeInsider.com, become a VIP member uh, to really get – all the latest and most in-depth news on Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel at SBOC247 at Hawkeye's on 247. And be sure to stay tuned to 24-7 sports for the latest on your favorite team. Until next time, talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about if I'm gonna go to Lynn here, but I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt and the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. This is just so exciting! If Ready PG, now playing in theaters.